I sounded just like Heidi Klum, didn't I? Ah, I've been watching too much Project Runway. God, it kills me. Every time she comes up on that stage, she's like, hello. (laughs) Okay. I wanted to start this podcast by saying, You have been cursed by a voodoo priestess. You have 12 hours to forward this email to 10 friends, or you'll be afflicted with uncontrollable diarrhea until your bowels explode. The clock starts now. Good luck. Ford's not going to be here today. He couldn't make it to enjoy my net lore. So I have no one to ping pong banter off of. So you're just stuck with me today. I'm sorry about that. I have a touch of a cold. I had my volume turned up all of a sudden and I don't know why it really confused me. Ah, fuck! I hit, uh, Ford has this pokeball thing on the wall. He hangs his headphones on it, and if you press the button in the middle, it busts open, like, the mouth of the Demogorgon. It's like, ah! It's really scary, and I hit my elbow off of it, and that's what just happened. I'm slightly embarrassed about the amount of cringe I infused into this delicate little story, but I wanted it to be realistic for the time period in which I was 17, 18 years old, and I was an uwu cringy bitch. So, here we go. In the early 90s, a group of friends went out driving after graduation. The best way to have a good time and avoid the pigs was to drive around on the county roads that snake their way between towns. On one of the county roads, the group of teens happened upon a wooden bridge with steel railing. The driver stopped the car at the onset of the bridge and turned off the engine. This seemed to be the perfect spot for them to drink beer and shoot the shit. Well, something weird happened. The structure appeared to extend into infinity in front of them. They sat in silence until one of the girls started screaming. It started as a joke, but she psyched herself out and actually started screaming. Then everyone started screaming. The driver attempted to start the car, but the starter system wasn't receiving enough power for the engine to turn over. The headlights dimly pulsated with every crank. Everyone stopped screaming long enough for the girl to tell everyone she was just fucking with them and accidentally scared herself. They all laughed but were still spooked by the bridge extension they all saw. The driver asked two of his friends to get out and push the car so he could pop the clutch so they could leave. When the two boys exited the vehicle and shut their doors, the headlights went dark immediately. A ghoulish sound came from the trees, like wailing women. After a brief moment of the lights being out, they came back on. The two boys who got out to push were hanging from the steel railing, rope wound around their necks. Behind them, Hundreds of dead kids hanging in the same fashion from the trees. Perched at the end of the bridge were three women with sinister grins on their faces. No one ever knew what happened after that. There were so many questions. Did the driver and the screaming girl escape? Did they get investigated for murder? Did those two boys die? No one even knows where the location is. Well, no one knew. Okay. Time to let the cringe ensue. My boyfriend Adam knows where Vampire Bridge is. He's taking me there this evening for my 18th birthday. Our mutual love for paranormal spooky shit, creepypastas, and scary video games is what brought us together. Going to cemeteries to play with Ouija boards is one of our favorite things to do, even if nothing ever happens. This teenage romance is made even more cliche by the fact that there's a full moon tonight. It's February. The ground is covered in dirt slushy from all the snow that's fallen but refuses to stick. 
I get off work at six today. I somewhat regret taking half a day at school in order to work, but money is more important than the fluffy shit they offer you in the institution during your senior year. Make money or sit in a classroom and play nerds with people who are destined to be Disney adults? Yeah. Fuck that, I'll take the money. When the weather is like this, it's either full-on rush or dead silent. Luckily, it's the latter. I might get to leave early, which is exciting because that means I get to see Adam sooner rather than later. I grab the broom and start sweeping the dead crickets from Autumn out from underneath all of the appliances. Their bodies are nice and crispy from sitting for so long. I've run out of things to do, just waiting for that text to leave from my boss. I feel my phone vibrate violently in my pocket. Violently because it's a Windows phone. If you've ever had a Windows phone, you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, it's a text from my boss. I can leave early after all. Adam lives in the neighboring town over, about 15 minutes away. Daylight is starting to hang its hat up. There's something so mystical about overcast sunsets. There's no vibrancy to the colors of the painted skies, only deep blue blanketed shadows of twilight that make it harder to see than in pitch black. My teeth shatter as I try to cram my hand in the heater vents of my shitty blue Nissan. It takes a while for the heater to work, and even then it's hardly enough to keep you from freezing to death. It doesn't help that I smoke like a chimney so my window is cracked, letting the frigid air nip at my cheeks and tickle the top of my ass crack where my hoodie has ridden up. I reach into the passenger seat to feel for my phone while trying to maintain a good visual of the road ahead of me. I feel its cold glass on the tips of my fingers, so I try to drag it to the side of the seat close enough that I can actually grab it. It falls in the crack next to my center console. <laughs> Fuck. I guess I'll just have to knock on the door when I get to Adam's house. It'll be dark by the time I get there, and not to mention really fucking cold. I'd like to have a flashlight to find it so I'm not senselessly plunging my phalanges into whatever gross shit I have under my seat. Also, what if there's a spider? Oh, maybe that's just an irrational fear. Still valid, though. Adam's house looks so quaint on the corner lot, despite his pear tree looking sinister with no leaves. I pull into his grass like usual, slam my door, and haul ass to his front porch. I knock on the door while jumping up and down, trying to stay warm. The crusty thermometer to my right reads 34 degrees. Aeolian tones surround me in different variations of whistling, rustling, and humming. Yet I hear not a peep from the interior of Adam's house. Trotting over to his window, I try to peer through his blinds. It's really dark, but it appears he's fallen asleep on the couch. Shit. I guess I'm going to have to dig for my phone in the dark after all. I just hope the sky doesn't start weeping on me by the sound of its howling cries. Fumbling around for what feels like an eternity, I finally find my phone. But not before finding a rock-hard chicken nugget and some dehydrated french fries. My fingernails feel gross, probably because they're packed with whatever grime had made its way under my passenger seat. I call Adam, you're so fucking cool, holy shit, and I start contacts. Okay, maybe that's a weird name to have your boyfriend's name set in your contacts. Uh... But I think it's better than Adam with a little heart with an arrow through it. I don't know, I was a teenager, shut up. I call and call and call some more. Just when I'm about to give up and go home, he opens the door rubbing his puffy eyes. Sorry, I fell asleep. Yeah, I kind of gathered that. I push past him and feel the heater burn my numb limbs. Oh god, it hurts so fucking good. You have no idea. As an afterthought, I give him a kiss on the lips. Jesus, your lips are cold. Well, no shit. I've been standing out in the fucking elements for a good 30 minutes waiting on your sleepy ass to wake up. I'm sorry. It's all good. Are we still going to Vampire Bridge? I don't know. It's kind of cold out there. It's my birthday, you promised. I pop down on his couch, hide my face in the cushions, and begin mimicking Cartman from South Park. But, ma'am, I have to go to Vampire Bridge because you promised. Everyone's going to think I'm lame if I don't go. 
He doesn't respond. But, ma'am, I have to go so my friends would think I'm cool. Okay, we'll go. Just please stop. Fuck yeah, go get dressed. Wait, where's your controller? I want to watch PewDiePie while you're getting ready. It's on the charging dock behind the TV. Sweet, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Adam drifts into his bedroom to don some warmer clothes and probably fix his hair and pluck his eyebrows and take a shit or whatever it is boys do that takes so fucking long. After about an hour, he's finally ready. Ish. He lies down beside me on the couch and we cuddle for a moment and watch PewDiePie and I start again. But meme. Okay, we'll go. Fuck. Adam opens the door for me like a proper gentleman. Just kidding. He runs past me, hops in his Mazda, and starts the engine. My force field of warmth from being inside hasn't disintegrated yet, so I walk casually to the door to get in. He hits the lock button and starts laughing. I start walking towards my car and hit the unlock button on the key fob. My lights penetrate his passenger window. He knows that if he doesn't call my bluff, I'll leave. So he rolls down his window and apologizes and asks me to get in. I smirk at him, lock my car, and get in the passenger seat of his. After driving for a short distance and scream singing some of our favorite songs, I start inquiring about Vampire Bridge. So have you ever been before? Yeah, my cousin and I and a few friends went looking for it during the day one time and found it. It's been a while, though. How do you know it's the right bridge? You'll know it when you see it. Oh, did anything spooky happen? Not really. The only thing remotely spooky about it is the urban legend. Uh, I'm sure it'll be different at night, but regardless, it's still a neat landmark to see. We should have brought the Ouija board. Fuck that, I'm not trying to get murked by the witches. Why is it called Vampire Bridge if in the urban legend the general consensus is that the women who killed the kids are witches? Do I look like a vessel of endless knowledge and wisdom to you? Kinda. You know, as much as I do. Maybe they're vampire witches. I can deal with that, thanks for clarifying. We sit in silence for a minute until I hear the faint chorus of lying is the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes off. I turn the music up. Adam turns it back down again. Oh look, there it is. Adam points to the mid-right of the windshield. The bridge isn't as large as I expected. It's actually kind of short and unintimidating. The steel has been graffitied. Not the pretty kind, just sloppy written names of local vandals and curse words. The ravine below the bridge, however. Intimidating. Fast. Scary as hell. I'm sure the darkness is what's making it look so terrifyingly steep. Adam is beginning to encroach on the bridge's territory. A thick fog lingers at the bottom of the ravine, waiting to swallow us up should we drift off course. A light rain starts to plink the windshield as we come to a slow halt at the foot of the bridge. The structure begins to extend, just like in the story. Slightly different. More of a slinking oscillation. Most likely due to driving tunnel vision. Our eyes just haven't adjusted to being stationary. Right? Adam, is the bridge extending for you? Yeah. Isn't it cool? Yeah, it's a little spooky. I can see why people made up stories about it. Adam makes eye contact with me. His eyes grow dark. He smiles. Who says their stories? <laughs> Adam grabs my shoulders. I scream and slam my body up against the window. Oh, please don't do that. It hurts my feelings. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Well, no, actually, yeah, I meant to scare you, but not that bad. It's okay, it's just... As my head turns away to look out the windshield, I am completely mortified to see the hanging bodies of hundreds of children, their bulging eyes with broken blood vessels staring back at me. I start stuttering. Adam, oh, oh my god. They're, uh, they're, they're, they're kids in the trees. 
Adam Cox's head and averts his eyes from me. Out of my peripheral vision, I can see gut-riching terror spread across his face. My eyes fixate on one little boy, no more than eight years old. His jacket has fallen down to his elbows, revealing the deathly pallor of his arms. His body is waterlogged. His flesh drips with rain. It's red. Blood red. His skin starts to slough off in sheets onto the ground, splattering the bridge railing with fat and decomposing meat. The little boy's body starts to writhe, suspended in midair by a thick noose. The violent thrashing stops. His body goes limp. In one sudden jerk, his eyes make contact with mine. His finger points directly at me. Adam, fucking go! My sudden burst of courage jolts Adam out of his stupor. He slams the car into drive and smashes the gas pedal, lurching us forward and then violently back into our seats. In an overwhelming blur of action, the car is brought to a halt mid-bridge. The witch, her palm outstretched, stained brown teeth revealed in a snarl. The corners of her mouth twitch up into a leer as she raises her fingers, spinning them in a circular motion. The bodies in the trees sway, twigs break, leaves rain down in a torrent. Her hand ceases the motion. The body stops swaying. The witch raises her hand high in the air. I can feel my heartbeat in my teeth. I wish I had a gun, but what would I do? Shoot a fucking spirit? Adam, we have to do something. We have to do something. Oh my god, what the fuck do we do? Adam looks at me through watering eyes. I don't think we can do anything. Blood streams out of his nose and down the front of his white hoodie. Fuck, oh my god. I grab a napkin out of the center console and press it firmly to his nose, tilting his head back. I glance out the windshield. The witch shakes her head with a disgusting grimace on her face. She clenches her fist. I feel the woods come alive. The bridge quakes beneath us with an intensity that renders me nauseous. Decomposing corpses thwack the car, splattering human decay everywhere. The corpses' hands push the windows, trying to get in. Bloody mouths bite at the glass. Waterlogged feet kick with torrential force. All I can do is weep. The driver's side door window cracks. Adam looks at me, tears rolling down his cheek. He grabs my hand and squeezes it. We both know this is the end. Glass shards spray into the vehicle's interior. Marshy hands claw and grip at Adam's head. I try to hold on to him, but they're too strong. They rip him from my clutches as I scream for him. I swing my door open. There's no reason to stay in the vehicle. I have to save my man! I'm immediately swarmed by the undead spirit children. The stench of sweet, pungent, rotting meat chokes me as the puppet corpses raise me into the air by my head. Flailing and screaming is no use. Adam is directly in front of me, battered and bloody. We shouldn't have come here, I shouted. I'm so fucking sorry. The little boy with a jacket around his elbows from earlier appears in front of me. He apathetically stares at me, raises his fist, and shoves it as hard as he can into my mouth, breaking all of my teeth upon entrance. I shouldn't have spoken. My vision is blurred by tears. I choke on the vomit gurgling out of my guts. I spot Adam again, noose around his neck, writhing to catch a breath. After several moments, Adam's body goes limp. The witch is carried by the dead children up to him. She breathes a ghastly purple smoke into his mouth. He awakens from his death, lets out a deep breath of white light, and turns to face me. The witch hands him a rope and peers at me with the same sinister look from before, raises her hand high in the air, and clenches her fist. And that, my pronoun-having individuals, is the story of Vampire Bridge. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you didn't cringe too hard either. So yeah, Vampire Bridge is a real place. 
Uh, supposedly, the bridge has been removed, though, so you can't visit it anymore. But it was a real hot spot when we were teenagers. We used to go there and cut up and do all kinds of shit. You know, stuff we weren't supposed to be doing. Just kidding. I was a good kid. The only thing I was doing I wasn't supposed to be doing was smoking cigarettes. I didn't even touch that green shit. I'm making a face right now. I totally did. But I didn't do anything else. I wasn't out there fucking having sex in the back of a car on Vampire Bridge. No, that's lame. There are houses for that. <laughs> so I already know most of the people listening to this have heard of a thing called Penny Grave. It's a very popular, almost touristy, spooky place to visit in or near my hometown. It's this grave of a little girl who fell off of a wagon in the 1800s and they just buried her there right on the trail that she died on. And it just says, a little girl, 1804. I'm pretty sure, somebody might have to correct me on that, but I'm pretty sure the original headstone says 1804. It's been weathered, and I think they've made two more headstones since then. But uh, it is really fascinating to see. I like the original urban legend, and um, I think the first person who ever told it to me was a girl named Holly, and we were the best of friends in elementary. One night as a, at a sleepover, we were like 12, uh, she started telling us about Penny Grave and how her cousins had gone and uh, that one of her cousins had this necklace she was very fond of that her mother gave her and her mother had passed away and so it was really special to her and they went to Penny Grave and you know they had all heard the urban legend that if you didn't leave anything that Penny would haunt you and so she left her essentially prized really special necklace to Penny at the gravesite and the other people in the car who were with her didn't care and they didn't leave anything for Penny and on the way home they ended up getting in a car wreck and all of them died except for the girl who left her necklace. So that just reinforces the fact that it is definitely an urban legend because we have these stories coming from like word of mouth of my own friends who have friends of friends or cousins who have experienced this. My experience with Penny Grave was a little different. Uh, I, the first time I went there, I didn't leave anything, and nothing happened, and then the second time I went there, I stole all of the quarters, and I'm still here. But that might be why I have eternal bad luck. You know what? I have never thought about it before, but I am officially a grave robber. Uh, it's past, surpassed the statute of limitations, though, so I can talk about this out loud. Uh, yeah, I've stolen from a small child's gravesite. <laughs> oh my god, I'm a terrible person. Uh, I was a teenager, forgive me. So there's this other story I wanted to talk about, and I don't know if it's an urban legend, and I guess I kind of wanted to say it on my podcast so somebody could maybe tell me if they've heard this story too, because it could just be cock and bull. <laughs> so my grandpa used to tell me about this place called Bragg Road, and when he was a teenager, they were expanding the area in East Texas, and I have no idea where this was. I just know generally it was in east texas so bragg road was being the forest essentially was being cleared to build bragg road it might have been like about to be subdivided this must have been in the 60s or 70s so once the construction workers got to a certain point all of their equipment would shut off all electrical anything would not work once they got past a certain point and my grandpa always said that he thinks it was a guardian like this is some kind of sacred place and the people weren't allowed to go farther than that. Of course, it's been so developed now that 
I'm sure if there was a place called Bragg Road, it's been developed by now. But it's still a cool story. So he said when he was a teen, they decided to go investigate. So they took his car, him and his friends, and they drove down Bragg Road. And the same thing happened. He said his car stopped, his headlights went out, and off in the distance, he saw this glowing orb, this giant glowing orb of bluish green light. And it started coming like creeping towards and it went over the hood of his car all the way over the top of it and around the back and then disappeared him and his friend he said he shit his pants he was so scared oh my god he said he finally got his car started and they got the hell out of there as fast as they could and when he got home and got out and looked at his car that whatever it was had melted all of the paint off of the top of his car and the hood of it where it had gone over and so, like, naturally, that makes me suspect balls of methane gas. It is in East Texas. Could be kind of swampy. But at the same time, <laughs> little Scooby-Doo mystery me wants to think that it was something more supernatural. And maybe it was, you know? But I have never heard anyone else confirm that Bragg Road exists. And maybe my grandpa is just excellent in telling spooky stories, and maybe that's where I got it from. But if somebody has heard this story, please let me know, because that would be so cool to have some confirmation that that actually happened, because I was obsessed with this story when I was a kid. I was like, oh my god, there's some sacred place in East Texas. And obviously at that age, I was like, and it is my destiny to find out what is there. Is it some kind of deity? I don't know. Okay, that's all I have for you today. I'm sorry. I thought I might talk about Mothman, but let's give Mothman a break. He's tired. How many years has it been? 60 years of Mothman. It's been really fun. I'm glad to be recording again. Chances are, if you listen to this on Saturday, it is Saturday, and I'm recording it right now at noon. <laughs> so, uh, poorly edited. Who cares, right? As long as I did it, that that's enough for me. The next episode is happening because I listened to Chopin for 14 hours. I look forward to it. See you guys later. Bye.